0: Welcome to the Prospector Podcast, a bi-weekly production bringing you the minor perspective. Welcome back to a new episode of the Prospector Podcast. This is Anai Diaz, here to recap some of the top stories uploaded on our website, theprospectordaily.com. In news, reporting Kristen Chaffer covers UTEP's latest title as it has been declared an R1 Very High Research University by Carnegie Classification of Institutions of Higher Education. In Arts and Culture, contributor Alison Rodriguez tells us about Albertino Ortega, a local artist who has recently been commissioned to create a third memorial for the August 3rd shooting victims. And in sports, editor Emily Velazquez comments on the Olympics racial double standards after fans saw drug test rules differ, between U.S. sprinter Shakari Richardson and Russian skater Kamila Valieva this past year. You can read these stories and more at theprospectdaily.com.
1: After months of uncertainty, Russia invaded Ukraine early in the morning Thursday, February 24th by firing a series of missiles near Kiev and Kharif. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war, U.S. President Joe Biden wrote February 24th via Twitter. The invasion began minutes after Russian President Vladimir Putin made a speech on national television announcing his decision to conduct a special military operation and denied any intentions to occupy Ukrainian territories. According to a CNN report, Putin also claimed to conduct a military operation to protect the people subjected to genocide by the Kiev regime. Claims of genocide and the claims of denazification as a goal for the invasion of Ukraine are, are just misinformation. And um, but what it's based on, I I'm I'm guessing, is the fact that you know Russian speakers in Ukraine may often feel less represented by their government than Ukrainian speakers. But obviously that's not genocide. During his speech, Putin tried to encourage the Ukrainian military to lay down their arms and warned of consequences if any country interfere. Whoever tries to interfere with us and even more so to create threats for our country, for our people, should know that Russia's response will be immediate and will lead you to such consequences that you have never experienced in your history, Putin said. The invasion comes after Russian military presence intensified across the Ukrainian border over the weeks with more than 190,000 troops. Russia attacked from three sides and focused on targeting airports and seaports, causing thousands of families to leave the country to look for shelter or hiding the underground train stations to escape the Russian assault. The next few days, weeks, and months will be hard on the people of Ukraine, Biden said via Twitter. Putin has unleashed a grain pain on them but the Ukrainian people have known 30 years of independence and they have shown that they will not tolerate anyone who tries to take their country back. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky responded in a Facebook video saying Ukraine will defend itself to protect its people and freedom. Putin began a war against Ukraine, against the entire democratic world. He wants to destroy my country, our country, everything we've been building, everything we're leaving for, Zelensky said. Ukraine announced that all men between the ages of 18 to 60 were forbidden to leave the country and urged them to join the army to fight Russian troops. Biden announced sanctions that would be implemented and profoundly impact Russia's economy and financial system by targeting Russia's biggest banks, Russian elites and their families, and implementing export controls on certain technologies. Russia's economy has already faced intensified pressure in recent weeks, Just today, its stock market sunk to its lowest level in four and a half years and the rubble weakened beyond its weakest daily settlement price on record, before additional sanctions were even imposed, the Biden administration said in a statement from the White House. With these new stringing measurements, these pressures will further accumulate and suppress Russia's economic growth, increase borrowing costs, raise inflation, intensify capital outflows and erode its industrial base. The U.S. and its allies, who are members of NATO, are implementing sanctions on Russia to suppress Russia's economic growth.
2: It's going to actually harm the, the citizen as opposed to the, the, uh, the leadership, which means then the leadership can use it as a tool to galvanize against the people that are sending the sanctions.
1: Although the sanctions implemented by the U.S. and the European Union on Russia are long-term, Utah professor of economics and finance Thomas Fullerton, Ph.D., said these sanctions could also lead to agricultural, steel, and manufactured products shortages. The war may interfere with the planting seasons for many crops and lead to higher global prices for wheat, corn, cabbage, barley, and peas, said Fullerton. Additional supply chain disruptions may result for steel and for other manufactured products also problematic are financial market upheavals for commodities, stocks, bonds, and currencies. The dollar has strengthened in recent days because of its status as a safe heaven currency. Ukraine was formerly part of the Soviet Union, but became independent when it collapsed in 1991. Putin claimed Ukraine is part of Russia's history and culture and considers it a hostile act if Ukraine joins NATO.
2: We claim, rightfully so, that Putin has violated international law and international norms in doing what he did. And he did. So therefore, for the United States to actually intervene, it would have to do so along the lines of international law.
1: Ukraine is not part of NATO, and therefore the U.S. and other European countries cannot intervene in the war unless Russia attacks one of the NATO members. Today I met with fellow leaders from our NATO allies and spoke with President Zelensky of Ukraine, said Biden in a statement. The United States continues to provide economic, humanitarian and security support, and we continue to rally other countries to provide similar assistance. Hannah believes that diplomacy was never a viable option for Russia and the West.
2: The only way diplomacy would have worked is if we basically, if the West gave in to all of his demands, which was, we would, NATO would never accept not only the Ukraine, but also never accept Finland and Sweden as members of, you know, of NATO, right? That they would fully have to recognize that all of Eastern Europe is uh, part of the Russian sphere of influence.
1: Hena also said China could become an ally of Russia if necessary by providing military and financial assistance.
2: He also has a shared interest, you know, just like Putin has declared Ukraine to be you know either part of old Russia or greater Russia or, or whatever, uh, 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 People's Republic has had a long standing claim on Taiwan. And uh, they want Taiwan to be integrated diplomatically. Uh, and that's what they've been trying to do. And that's what he's been trying to do with Putin, trying to convince them to do so diplomatically.
1: As of Saturday, February 26th, The Guardian reported 198 Ukrainians have been killed, including three children, and 1,150 Ukrainian citizens have been injured, according to Viktor Liasko, the minister of health care of Ukraine. Former President Donald Trump praised Putin February 24th for his MARTH actions and called Zelensky brave during a fundraiser in Florida.
2: Well, it, it'll be dangerous because he still has a lot of pull in the Republican Party. Uh, according to the latest uh, uh, polls, there there's probably a good chance that the Republican Party will take control in the Congress, probably with a very strong pro-Trump you know contingency uh, caucus, which means then any chance of getting congressional approval for any type of military action is probably out the window.
1: A series of protests have occurred around the world, including in Russia, demonstrating solidarity, With Ukraine and condemning Putin's decision, hundreds of Russian protesters have been arrested. I think what's really important at this moment is that it was a completely unprovoked attack on a sovereign country. Reporting for The Prospector, Victoria Rivas.
0: The following story was written by Julia Lucero. The University of Texas at El Paso received a $2 million donation for NPR affiliate radio station KTP-FM 88.5 and will provide funding for undergraduate student scholarships. The endowment comes from the late Margaret O. Herman, a heiress of the Hess family inventors of the Steel Toe Shoe, born in Baltimore, Maryland in 1930. She moved to El Paso in the early 1980s. She later died in 2018, a UTEP Communications news release read. An endowment is protected." source of money, said Richard Pineda, chair of UTEP's Department of Communication Studies. KTEP's Director of Development and Interim General Manager John Carrillo said the two million dollars was split evenly between the university and KTP. The other half will go towards student services, he said.
3: That one million dollars, I, I can't go out and say okay I'm going to spend five hundred thousand of it right now. Though it's set up in a trust and that trust What it does is over the course of a year, it accumulates interest. Mm -hmm. That interest is what we have access to.
0: The gift KTP received will be used to pay for programming and equipment, Carrillo said. KTP plans on improving a production facility that has not been upgraded since 1985, Carrillo said.
3: So there's a lot of work that needs to be done, not only in terms of the the infrastructure itself uh, the acoustics for the room but also in terms of the actual equipment which is actually outdated most specifically uh, the console is the, the thing that needs the, the an immediate upgrade mm-hmm. uh, a console is a, a, a mixing desk mm-hmm. which allows you to Mix of various sound
0: sources. Donations to university help cover costs that tuition and state funding could not provide. Trustee of Herman's Estate Sue Becknell says the endowment will touch many lives, and Margaret was an avid reader of KTP and supporter of education,
4: news release stated. The highly anticipated The Batman film by director Matt Reeves is set to arrive in movie theaters March 4th, but it has already surpassed all expectations, including my own. Being another remake in almost 60 years, it is a top contender for being one of the best. With actor Robert Pattinson taking on the lead role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, this is a darker direction for the already established hero and seems to have paid off. The film is filled with a star-studded cast including Zoe Kravitz, Andy Serkis, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, and Jeffrey Wright, making it a movie you want to see. Having so many remakes, I feared the well-known storyline would be repeated which has caused much failure in the past. The film is set in a different Batman universe compared to Ben Affleck's Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice, but remains about Gotham City being overrun by crime and is now being tormented by the Riddler. Panson, who faced backlash for being cast for this movie, was able to portray Batman with great ease, which seemed almost natural to him. His version of the character is darker and more realistic than its comic-like predecessor and allows for great storytelling other great assets to this film are Colin Farrell and Paul Dano with their portrayal of the villains the penguin and the Riddler. Dano creates an unsettling feeling when it comes to the Riddler as if it is realistic and could be some psycho off the streets. Farrell allows for such character development in the film specifically since the penguin is not the main antagonist of this movie. In a movie as dark as this one both visually and emotionally humor seems almost impossible but the subtle humor allowed it to feel natural. From the sudden clothesline Batman endured to the Riddler's sly jokes, it kept the movie multidimensional. Being almost three hours long, I stress the film would not live up to the standards of other movies that were just as long. This movie, however, seems to keep you on your toes and right as you think the movie ends, it pulls the audience further into the plot. It is the storytelling done by the writers that allow this comic book adaptation to come to life in such a realistic way. It never becomes over the top and ridiculous, rather it is as if Gotham could be only a mere hours away. Batman fans will be in for a real treat by the acting skills of everyone on the cast, the film's direction, the storyline, and the quick cameo of a favorite Batman villain. Fans now hope that Panson continues his portrayal until the end of what should be a series of films. Panson and the entire cast fit their respected roles perfectly, which without them, the story would have fallen through 10 minutes in. Ultimately, the film has allowed me to give DC Comics and their films another chance and it has won me over as a viewer with Panson's portrayal. I give it 4 out of 5 stars, solely because I wish I could have seen Panson play Bruce Wayne a bit more than he did, but That could be me just being greedy and wanting more eyeliner Bruce Wayne. This is Itzel Hiron for The Prospector. Welcome back to another
0: episode of Prosby's Top 5. This is the Prosby's Top 5 activities to do during spring break. First, attend an event. The Downtown Fiesta de las Luces is back March 12 from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. The fiesta will feature live music, mariachis, folklorico, art vendors, and food trucks, family-friendly activities, all under the Paseo de las Luces on El Paso Street. Next, visit a museum. The El Paso Museum of Art is hosting its contemporary ceramics, Mata Ortiz exhibition, inviting audiences to experience the development of pottery's distinctive style, which combines tradition, with modern innovation. The museum is open Wednesday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. This spring break, get active. The seventh annual Fallen Trooper Fund slash Run/Walk will be at 8 a.m. Saturday, March 19th at the Park. Registration is $25 per adult and children give back to the community. El Paso Inspiring Hunger Food Bank is looking for volunteers to help sort, pack, and distribute donated food to the community members. The community service is available for those willing to help Monday through Friday of spring break from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. or 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Finally, celebrate St. Patrick's. The 5th annual Lucky St. Patrick's Day Crawl in El Paso is happening March 19th from 4pm to 12am. The tickets range from $20 to $25, starting with a drink at Rockstar Burger Bar. Tickets and more information may be found at Eventbrite.com. Well, there you have it. We hope these Prospector top five spring activities will keep you busy during a well deserved break from school. Let us know how you will be spending spring break by emailing us at prospector at utep.edu.
4: Hey, this is Itzel Hiron bringing you this week's Minor Sports Nugget. The UTEP Miners men's basketball team were able to upend the University of North Texas March 5th at the Don Haskins Center. The Miners were able to get a huge 17-2 lead in the first half and led throughout the second half by playing excellent offense and defense in the 70-68 win. The UTEP men's basketball team can be seen back in action in Frisco, Texas against the University of Old Dominion at 7 p.m. March 9th at the Ford Center. In the world of soccer, the U.S. Women's National Team reached a settlement with the U.S. Soccer Federation to receive equal pay for years to come, ending a six-year fight, February 22nd. The settlement will ensure not only equal pay with its male counterparts, but also offer the women's team millions in back pay. Equal pay on all fronts, including World Cup bonuses and equality when it comes to equipment.
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's new episode of The Prospector Podcast. Join us next time for a non-new Miner's Perspective.